0: Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we do our best to cut through the noise and help you to make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Sompke.
1: And I'm Jay McKenzie.
0: On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Trump's dinner with Kanye West, Milo Yiannopoulos, and Nick Fuentes. And we'll try to sort out what's real and what's kayfabe. And speaking of Nick and Milo, Elon Musk has declared a general account amnesty on Twitter for anyone who's been suspended. So will those guys be getting their accounts back? Who else can we expect to see making a return soon? And what about all the leftist accounts who've been suspended recently? Do they qualify as well? And we'll be taking a look at the World Cup and one of the latest controversies that's come up. The United States Soccer Federation removed the Islamic Republic emblem from the Iranian flag as a symbol of solidarity with the protests still going on there. And the Iranian regime is livid. They've asked for the United States to be banned from the tournament as a result of this. Well, what happened? We've got a great show for you today. Thanks for tuning in. So, Jay, how how are you today? Oh, I'm I'm here. Uh
1: got to <laughs> Oh god, by the time this is um broadcast, I I guess I'll probably have a new baby in the world and
0: well, congratulations. That's that's awesome. And we're going to hope
1: everything goes well. And Indeed we are. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.
0: Yep. So, ah, last week, former President Donald Trump had a pre-Thanksgiving dinner with rapper Kanye West, right-wing provocateur Milo Yiannopoulos, and a guy by the name of Nick Fuentes. In case you're not familiar with him, Nick Fuentes is a real up-and-comer on the right. He first came to prominence as a result of his attendance at the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017, and he's got a really big following among the younger white nationalists and is seen by many of them as the future, as it were. He's also extremely racist. I'm not going to quote him here, but some of the things that he has said about Jewish people, African Americans, just vile. And if you Google the phrase, racist things Nick Fuentes has said, you can pretty much see what we mean here. Fuentes runs a political event called the America First Conference, at which a surprising number of Republican elected politicians have spoken, including U.S. Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar. Needless to say, Trump caught a lot of criticism, both for this and for also refusing to criticize or denounce Fuentes after the fact. So it seems like we're starting to see another battle in the ongoing GOP civil war.
1: Yeah, it's hard to make sense of the battle lines at the moment. There are, I think, different factions, and there are definitely people like Ben Shapiro. Him and Matt Walsh, who works for him at The Daily Wire, both pretty clearly prefer DeSantis, and they've been fairly vocal about this, more more vocal than most people. I think even the people who probably prefer DeSantis are still kind of hedging their bets and and waiting to see how it plays out. But yeah, you've no. got you've got Ben Shapiro over here and then Milo makes his return and and Milo and Ben Shapiro had this long-running feud and they represent different factions on the on the right. I think both can be called far right, but you you've got Shapiro who's more GOP establishment obviously he's more clean cut he's going to be uh pro Israel and hold these more traditional GOP views whereas Milo is is Milo and gay and flamboyant and
0: no no he's an ex gay now he's ex gay <laughs> conversion right, that's therapy right. worked supposedly
1: <laughs> but he's still isn't he he's still married but he's calling he's called his husband his roommate. Isn't that isn't that how it went? I
0: believe so, but he's he's definitely an ex gay now and don't (laughs) you say anything different because he's Don't they have kids together? Did, did they I, i'm X gay ex-gay, <laughs> ex-gay. <laughs> to explain, this is
1: yeah this is my husband who i'm i'm living with and i do not with. support who i do...
0: <laughs> he's definitely ex-gay uh, yeah and it's funny because he's like grown the mustache and he looks kind of really seedy these days if you look at him he's...
1: yeah he's like the bad guy who took a wrong turn in some 80s movie uh, he's he's yeah don't mm. it's
0: one of the first things that like pro wrestlers do when they turn heel or go bad guy is grow out a beard and a mustache you know the little let's let's look really really and it's it's so stereotypical what he's done but you know he's yeah. now, so we have to take him at his word and respect his 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 choices and his lifestyle so we will we will refer to him as X gay Milo Yiannopoulos X gay
1: ex-gay that's Fine right with that. that's right yeah i think the first time i i saw him again recently was of course on tim Poole's show because of course <laughs> the disaffected liberal centrist tim Poole had milo on his show because all of that makes sense all everything online makes sense nothing more so than that
0: <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cuz you know, I mean, that's the first thing I'd do if I was ever going to go ahead and do a disaffected centrist show, is I'd start booking all of those guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Look yeah. what you made me do. Look what you made me do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so you've got Kanye West has supposedly started a campaign. I guess we can he, he said he has a campaign now, whatever that amounts to. And Milo and Nick Fuentes are his advisors. And we've seen them together. And Kanye has, has said, Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess Milo's involved. And there, I mean, there are pictures of them together, it's definitely happening. But then you, you see that and a couple of days later, Fuentes and Kanye end up at Mar-a-Lago, and they're talking up Trump and, mm-hmm. and and saying, oh, Fuentes is on about, yeah, the the unfiltered Trump, the the one who goes off script. That's the guy I love. And that's the guy my my Gen Z people love and want. And you need you know, let Trump be Trump. That's the whole thing. And Trump has always been receptive to that sort of messaging. And
0: Right. And he loves anybody who's going to come around and say nice things about him. Absolutely. To him, he's hearing that, and he's like, "Wow, the kids love me."
1: Yeah, the kids love me. Yeah this this is uh this is definitely just a, a real thing, and not some mm-hmm. weird astroturf movement powered by Bitcoin. But I, it is <laughs> for whatever whatever their numbers are, and it's Fuentes' supporters do exist, and they are they're vocal and adamant, and there may not be a, a huge number of them, but the ones he has are are very online and they're Mm -hmm. very pro nick fuentes and if you you start saying bad (laughs) things about him on twitter you get lots of small follower accounts usually with apes in their profile picture and and they're Mm -hmm. coming on to tell you how wrong you are and you're a boomer and you're old and confused and out of touch and all those things
0: they'll have some things to say about you and they'll show up shortly shortly after you happen to mention the guy in any context really
1: yeah, and he occasionally has popped back onto Twitter, and before he gets banned, there's just this big surge of Nick Fuentes and. He
0: really didn't like that question about the blacklight. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: yeah, they've had some. There are some weird stories that maybe maybe we can get into that another time, but. <laughs> Southern Poverty Law Center has covered it, so you uh, mm-hmm. you feel free to go uh-huh, th- look, look at their m- archives <laughs> of Nick Fuentes and you'll find some interesting stuff. Control F, blacklight, have fun. But yeah, um, you you see this, and you start thinking about it, though, and it's like, okay, well, Milo was on the Trump train real early mm-hmm. in mid 2015. Pretty much as soon as as Trump announced, we had Milo backing him before anyone thought it was even remotely possible or real. And then you had Nick Fuentes in 2020 was outside the the Capitol. Well, I guess it was 2021 on January 6th. He was outside the Capitol encouraging people to, quote unquote, stop the steal. And he's on the on the megaphone.
0: He was at all those stop the steal rallies. He was at the one in Georgia. He was up there with Ali Alexander and Alex Jones promoting stop the steal. He was one of the one of the drivers of that whole thing.
1: And he got hundreds of thousands of dollars of Bitcoin at this time, which helped him keep doing what he was doing and and push Mm -hmm. this movement and grow this movement. And a certain number of supporters that were there on January 6th to support Trump and even some who breached the Capitol building were there because of things Nick Fuentes had said. And encourage them to do so. And then you think about Kanye, right? And he's remember those photos of him in the Oval Office with Trump wearing a MAGA hat. So you've got this whole campaign that looks like it exists. But gosh, why are all these guys talking up Trump?
0: Right. And you have, you know, Kanye, as we wrote, goes way back with Trump. He goes back to right immediately after Trump got elected. He's there visiting Trump. And no one could really figure that out at the time. It was really, really weird. I remember myself thinking like, wait, what? Why is this guy here? What what does he want with all of this? And then 2020, like you said, he runs for president, quote unquote, runs for president with the help of some Trump people in terms of his his staff. It really never seemed real. So now he's got his own yay 2024 thing going, which seems about equally real. It seems like the guy is doing favors for Donald Trump when he runs.
1: Yeah, you, you announce and end up with, with Milo and Nick Fuentes and then you show up at Mar-a-Lago and most of your conversation appears to be about how great Trump is. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you leave and and a bunch of people call for Trump to denounce Fuentes and he won't do it. And then Fuentes suddenly pivots to, well, Trump is old news and I'm really a DeSantis supporter which doesn't help Ron DeSantis. If Nick <laughs> Fuentes wants to support DeSantis, he's he's better off. Not
0: doing it right.
1: Yeah, that's that's not a way that's going to actually get him votes. So it's one of those weird things where how much of this is real and how much is fake and how much is coordinated. And if you look at Trump, what does he want? Well, people talking about him and now they are. Mm-hmm. And And whatever this campaign ends up being... People in the MAGA movement have pushed third party candidates for a while now. You had Roger Stone in 2012 was Gary Johnson and then 2016 he was also talking up Gary Johnson as a third party libertarian alternative to Trump. But what these third party candidates have really ended up doing is they end up bashing the center and the center was Hillary Clinton and now it's Joe Biden and it does seem like a similar pattern is emerging. And you see Roger Stone went on, didn't he go on Jack Posobiec? Yeah, he went on,
0: yeah, Human Events Daily with Posobiec and talked about how he thinks that a, you know, Trump Yay ticket is the way to go in twenty twenty-four. And I think that has about as much chances as happening as like, you know, me running for president 2024 <laughs> or something. But that's definitely something that they're doing. And the question becomes, like, are they just doing this to push the Overton window and shift everybody a little bit farther over to the right, as it were.
1: Which is something that, that Fuentes himself has has spoken about and and talked about being an important part of their their movement.
0: Yeah, moving people from more of a if you're a moderate Republican, turning you into a, a MAGA type
1: step by step little by little we're going to drag everyone right and that's mm-hmm. that's what they want to do we should be cautious about exactly how all of this is going to shake out because these guys only seem to know so much and they can only control so much and at the end of the day voters are going to vote the way they vote and they can't control that but yeah i do i do think it's it's a similar pattern and what what does Trump want? Trump wants attention. And of mm-hmm. course, he's not going to disavow Fuentes. He wouldn't disavow QAnon. He wouldn't disavow white nationalist mm-hmm. Richard Spencer. And... He
0: wouldn't disavow David Duke. <laughs>
1: That's true. That's true. I mean,
0: when you want to disavow David Duke, you're not disavowing anybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does feel like some of this is just manufactured and, and kind of silly. But yeah, none of these guys, they can, they can say they hate Trump, but uh, history tells us another story, doesn't it?
0: No, it totally does. And if you think about it for a minute, DeSantis isn't actually running yet. Yeah. DeSantis hasn't announced that he's running for president yet. Will he? Probably. But he hasn't. So Trump being in the race this early needs somebody to run against.
1: That's and true. And right now
0: it's it's yay. It's Kanye yeah. West. Yeah. So the campaign now becomes Trump looking slightly more moderate and presidential- <laughs> Running against a guy who is just unhinged these days. That's Not true. Not well. That's so true. It so makes, it makes for some good TV. It keeps him in the news. Keeps people focused on that particular that particular little, shall we say, squash match. And if and when DeSantis does decide to get into the race, which I think he will, that's when you can pivot and start attacking DeSantis. But right now, being the only person in a presidential race just isn't great for Trump. He needs someone else in there and who better
1: and as soon as DeSantis does declare you're going to see guys like pasobic and and others post screenshots of oh well nick Fuentes is a desantis mm-hmm. supporter because that's yes. what they did to ted cruz and jeb and any any little thing they can find even if it's all something that they manufactured it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter doesn't matter that's what they work towards
0: so we talked a little bit about Milo, and we talked a little bit about Nick, and these guys, you know, one of their big things that they need is attention. They're very focused on the attention because both of these guys essentially live off of donations. And one way that they used to get a lot of attention was for being really outrageous and obnoxious on Twitter. We mentioned that Fuentes is on Twitter periodically, but when he does, it's under SOC accounts, not under his own name, that get banned very, very quick because Twitter knows who he is. However... This week, Elon Musk decides that he's going to declare an amnesty, you know, Vox Populi, Vox Dei, as it were, (laughs) and he's going to let the vast majority of these people back on Twitter. So do you think those guys are going to end up back? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, they've been itching. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this once before, but Milo was soaking up the celebrity for a while. And in 2016, he got banned and it was this cool, exciting yep. thing. And then eventually people stopped caring about Milo and he stopped getting speeches and he stopped getting platforms. And after a couple of years, he was broke and he had to shut down his website and everything really went south. I remember him guest hosting on Infowars a few times and Yeah, when the early days of of QAnon, there's a clip of him talking about what is what is QAnon and people are talking about this and what could it mean? And (laughs) it was just so weird and low energy. And like he he just it was I don't know that that was his rock bottom, but it was it was pretty painful. Um, Not that he doesn't deserve it, but it's it just. It's a fall from a pretty great height because he had a huge platform on on mm-hmm. Breitbart and his Twitter account was something that most everyone was paying attention to. And then the honeymoon ended, the 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 yeah. party was over. So I, I think he is absolutely desperate to to get back online, and I think a lot of guys are. Um, I think they'll they'll be back and they'll be up to their old tricks, and they definitely seem to think that that Elon is going to protect them. And, and and Elon has said that he's a general amnesty for accounts that haven't broken the law, which is really vague because mm-hmm. like, okay, are, are you talking about accusations or indictments or convictions and also whose laws? Like, do you recognize the UN or what about North Korea? They have laws there too.
0: We're going to let ISIS back on? You know, how's this going to work?
1: Right, right. And plenty, plenty of accounts were banned for, yeah, ISIS was recruiting people to come fight in, in Syria and Iraq, but did they, where's, where's the line? How do you determine what law matters or doesn't matter? And, and it really does seem like it's going to fall in line with everything else Elon has done where it's just,
0: what does Elon feel like when he got up that morning?
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: You know, imagine Twitter was run by like a dictator, basically one person. And that's pretty much where you're at these days.
1: If you criticize the dictator, he fires you.
0: We could, I think at this point, call his run Stalin-esque without sounding like we were engaging in too much hyperbole, because this is exactly what somebody like a Stalin or a Mao does. When they get a hold of a platform or you get a hold of a country, they just start running it the way they think it ought to be done. Yeah, I, I would say that the... Broken the law language in that statement is probably vague enough on purpose that he can let pretty much anybody on that he wants to.
1: And it's not, it's not clear with, okay, there's a, there's a general amnesty. You're pardoning these people for their crimes or supposed crimes, but does the terms of service still matter? Are you going to give them this one chance and then, oh, if they break the rules again, they're gone? Or have the rules changed? Or are the rules selectively enforced? Because you do see these, like you mentioned, these these left-wing accounts getting banned, and it's not clear why. And it's it, it's not that left-wing accounts don't do things wrong and, and sometimes deserve to be banned, but a guy like Chad Loader... What did he do, and what did he do different?
0: Right. right? This isn't anything that guy hasn't been doing. I mean he's been essentially talking about the same things far as I know since I've been following him. Um, you have a, a sense of if you annoy certain people on Twitter like Andy No, yeah he's going to complain to Elon Musk who is now listening directly, and you're gonna get the ban at that point,
1: yeah. Elon's listening to them and reinstating accounts that Benny Johnson and Ian Miles Chong are tweeting at him. So I think he's reading what they're saying and it seems like if it's the right or wrong day, maybe he's listening or maybe he's finding the excuse to do what they want because he's made it pretty clear that these are his people. Now the hard right Mm -hmm. is where he's getting his support and legitimacy and they don't uh they don't People. bring in a lot of advertising
0: revenue, but No, no, I saw a gold ad this morning. <laughs> I mean, we're advertising for gold, so I mean, we know approximately where we're at about that about now with yeah. that. And we've got advertisers of course fleeing the platform in droves.
1: Isn't it like half of the twitter's biggest advertisers yeah it was have half left. over
0: the weekend and a lot more expected to be out here shortly they're losing the ad revenue hand over fist and the staffing costs they're saving from all the people that are fired aren't going to make up for that nor is eight dollars and
1: twitter blue and all that that's not even it's not even close and
0: well and they're rolling that back actually i got i got an email about that this morning where they're saying we're not offering it to anybody on android which is a whole chunk of their revenue Yeah. They don't seem like they know what they're doing.
1: It changes day to day. It really, it really does. And it, it, I do think like when we saw the, the check mark and then there, the, the old check mark and then the official tag and it came and it went and that that really did seem to change based on Elon's tweets. And it's like. It is very Trumpy and it is that that sense of like you can make all these plans and have all these goals and and OK, we're going to roll it out this way. And then Elon wakes up one morning and sends a tweet. And does he even spend more than five seconds thinking about it? Uh, it's not clear at all.
0: I don't know. This morning he's posting Apu pictures. Oh, didn't. Oh, didn't he post a Pepe image Apu. Too? Apu? I haven't Apu? seen a Pepe out of him yet, but it was Apu who is the sort of baby talk version of Pepe the Frog. That was okay. what they did right before Groypers. That was uh, several social media campaigns ago from these guys. But <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was the kind of thing that if you were on Twitter in 2017 and 2018, you were going to see a whole lot of Apu images, which is a baby talk image of Pepe the Frog, who's a big one with uh, certain folks that we would call alt-right.
1: Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you keeping... Keeping up with that more than I did, but yeah. For my
0: sins, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's all very familiar. I'm fun at parties. uh
0: Yeah, explain that again. What do you, it means right now? <laughs> all yeah. these things people really want to know.
1: Yeah, I, I I think my my parlor trick is explaining the different factions of the right and why they all hate each other and think they're the other the other group or the real feds or whatever it is. <laughs> You're all feds. <laughs> uh, yeah, but with these people coming back, it's li- like if we just think about what happened when. Twitter really hesitated to ban QAnon accounts, right? When that that movement was really taking off, what 's like 2019, and you're getting these accounts that are just QAnon focused, and they're they're getting hundreds of thousands of followers, mm-hmm. and then you start seeing people in the real world taking actions based off things these QAnon accounts are spreading and right. talking about. Twitter hesitated because even even Jack Dorsey was all free speech, and so they hesitated and what happened? It got worse. They hesitated about the big lie and Trump and the the stolen election talk that wasn't real and they couldn't prove and but it didn't matter because they kept having that platform and so what happened? Well, it got worse and then january sixth and and we've just we've seen this time and time again, and yeah, they these guys are going to frame everything in free speech. And shouldn't we just be allowed to speak freely? And and Elon mm-hmm. said his red line is threatening violence and all this. But these people are some of them are just paid to lie. Like they really just are paid to spread lies on social media. And. A lot of them are coming back to Twitter and they're going to have their followers restored. And a lot of people still recognize their names and mm-hmm. the misinformation, the lies, the the state sponsored campaigns are going to get worse. The anti-vaccine stuff is going to get worse. And so whatever whatever yeah. terrible things come out of the upcoming campaign, the megaphone is going to get larger and louder. And you're
0: going to get people like. You know, well, we'll see if he brings Ricky Vaughn back. Douglas Mackey, who actually has been charged with election interference, has broken the law, at least for the feds. Are you going to wait till he gets convicted before you actually, like, suspend him? I mean, it would seem that would be consistent with the way that you've set this up at this point. This is bad. This is really just going to be ugly. And it's going to lead, I think, to maybe not soon enough. But people are going to start just tuning out Twitter. They're going to have to. It's losing its credibility as a, this is where you can go to find out what's going on about things. I mean, you won't know.
1: I think I think the reality is we've seen this time and time again. The problem will get worse and get worse and get worse until there's some sort of inflection point. When something really bad happens, and who knows what it's going to be, but it's going to be urged on by some sort of campaign online it's going to be spread through misinformation and just asking questions and all the usual stuff and and it's going to it's going to lead to something bad a bad event and it's not something any of us want to happen but it time and time again it's like it's like City's not adding a, a traffic light until somebody dies at an intersection, right? right? That's right. that's what's going to happen here. Whatever the thing is, whatever the campaign is, it's going to get worse until it all boils over and, and then everyone's going to look at Twitter and say, yeah, you let this happen. Yeah, we're going to dissect how much of this problem grew on this platform by people you enabled and reinstated and protected because you felt like it because he just decided to do it.
0: Yeah, and that's where we're at with this right now, is that he has just decided to do these things, and we're about to see what the consequences of that are. And right now, people have started talking about, well, I'll just go to another platform, or I'll go to something else. I'll go to Mastodon, I'll go to Post. And all of these things seem like they could at some point be, you know, halfway decent alternatives in a few years. But none of them are what Twitter is now.
1: They're not campaign ready,
0: no. right, for, no. for
1: the the traffic and the abuse that will come with a presidential campaign.
0: Nope. And you can't right now buy a Mastodon instance. You can't buy one. You can't. I mean, nobody's selling them pre-set up. You have to do it yourself. And that's, if you're relatively computer savvy, I think you could pull this off. But it's definitely... Not ready for prime time, not in the same sense. None of these people are. You can't blame them. I mean, most of this stuff started getting coded not that long ago. Well,
1: and nobody expected Twitter to just up and die this quick. And it hasn't died, but there wasn't this pressing need for a Twitter alternative, at least not with the left not with not with the mainstream media that twitter was it and yeah yeah that's that's obviously a grievance with the right but it's also another way that they manipulate things to their advantage and now they have their alternative platforms and and the main platform Mm -hmm. uh, which is a safe space for them now so Couldn't, uh, couldn't get
0: anybody to come to the alternative platforms So here we are. (laughs) Yeah. We'll buy the big one. We'll force you.
1: Yeah. They got real bored on parlor and truth social with all their friends
0: who agreed with them. So we found some gullible rich guy. (laughs) We got (laughs) him to lay out a whole bunch of money. Yep. Here we are. Here we are. So speaking of here, we are shifting gears a bit. We are in world cup season. Every, every four years, we have this massive soccer tournament, and it is phenomenal to watch. Everybody in the world basically shuts everything down for a while and watches this. And sometimes we see these real-world political tensions boil into the games, and right now the U.S. and Iran are in the same group at the World Cup, and you know obviously the two governments are in not exactly BFFs right now. The nuclear deal has stalled. The Iranian government is sending aid to Russia that the Russian military is now using in its ongoing war in Ukraine. The U.S. and the EU have responded to this with additional sanctions now against the regime in Tehran. And against this backdrop, we have a World Cup game, which will decide which one of these teams is moving on out of the group stage to the, to the round of 16. And on social media, the United States Soccer Federation included images of the Iranian flag, without the Islamic Republic logo. They did this, they said, to show solidarity with the ongoing anti-regime protests that are still going on across Iran, and the Iranian government is quite angry about this. They've come out on state media, said the U.S. should be kicked out of the World Cup and face a 10-game ban from international competition for this image. Why are they so upset about something somebody posted on the internet?
1: Well, some of it is performative, and it's this big, shocking headline of, Iran demands the U.S. be disqualified and get a 10-game ban, and that that is certainly a a thing we see with Russia, Iran, and Chinese state media. It's make this big, crazy statement, and then people will pick it up, and that headline is going to get more clicks. And so part of it is changing the conversation and making it not be about the protests or the fact that the Iranian players didn't sing the national anthem in their first game and they had to be threatened, uh, in order to sing it for the second game. (laughs) So there, there's been a good amount of negative coverage and protests are still ongoing. At the last that I saw, at least 458 people had died and tens of thousands have been arrested and there have been some forced confessions, there have been accusations that protesters have been raped, and this is still a problem for the regime. So yeah, Tehran is is desperate to change the conversation. And and one of the things they're talking up is, as frequently occurs is they are claiming the protests are backed by the US and the CIA. Hey. And is, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, there's that one again. And it's a it's <laughs> these okay there may be some protesters who have legitimate concerns but this is a u.s funded color revolution and right
0: right they love that phrase they, they love, love that it phrase. so
1: much and when you it, you see guys like posobic and darren beady and they they start running with that color revolution line and if you look at what these authoritarian states run with cuba included venezuela in, included like Anytime there is unrest, anytime there is a problem, oh, it's it's a, it's a color revolution, it's, it's the CIA, and it's like major red flag. Mm-hmm. It's not what's really happening, but it is a line that their they audience— They use to
0: delegitimize what's actually happening. Exactly. And their audience knows to respond to it. The audience has heard color revolution enough times that they think, oh, yeah, CIA did that. Because that's what's been fed to them enough times. It's a dog whistle.
1: Yeah. And it works well enough on enough people that support the government, which millions of people still do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I I think it does show that the government is, is still worried. And there have been some really... Concerning events for them, like there was, uh, what was it? Whose house was it?
0: Oh, yes. Uh, um, Khomeini, the
1: Khomeini's house. Yeah. Was, was set, uh, protesters set fire to it and burned it down. And Mm -hmm. there've been statues of, uh, Qasem Soleimani, the now deceased uh, leader of the IRGC Quds Force, there have been statues of him that have been torn down. There there have been instances where police have sided with the protesters. There are still all these children who are refusing to follow the government rules and mandates and mm-hmm. girls in these schools who are refusing to wear headscarves, um, which is the whole cause or at least the the flashpoint that started all of this is the um, morality police beating a woman to death not for not wearing a headscarf but for incorrectly wearing it so yeah there there's still a lot of reason for them to be concerned and that comes out pretty clearly in this doesn't it
0: yes it does so they definitely would rather not have more international attention on this they'd like it if the press would just kind of stop talking about this start making it go away so i know but i'm asking anyway What what is the likelihood <laughs> of the u.s getting kicked out of the world cup and suspended for 10 games as a result of this
1: zero It yes. is. it is zero there's <laughs> it, there's just no way well and honestly if they did those sorts of things if fifa cared then they wouldn't have let iran come to the world cup after it was revealed and then confirmed that the iranians were providing aid to russia then they would have banned them they would have kicked them out and found a replacement which they could have done but Mm -hmm. they didn't do like the the russian club teams got kicked out of the european competitions last year and possibly next year too at least as long as is the The war is going on yeah, the war is going on, then it's really not a tough decision to, to keep Russia out of it and to ban the Russians. But yeah, if, if FIFA actually cared about that to any real degree, then they, Iran wouldn't be there in the first place. So yeah, the someone on social media posting a slightly doctored image, which I think is great. And I think it's a, a great sign of support and solidarity. Uh, but Yeah, this is this is not going to lead to anything. It's it's a flashy headline. It's a few days of coverage for Iranian state TV that are finally not
0: having to deal with the protests.
1: Yeah, it's it's not real, but it's it's the kind of thing we've come to expect.
0: Right, right.
1: So as I as I wrote about in my update on the on the newsletter, and just so I shared here, my wife is pregnant and due to give birth. This week, and by the time this is released, we will hopefully have a third child uh, mm-hmm. happy and healthy in the world. So, this week, we are just releasing this one podcast episode, and then next week, I would like to hopefully at least write one article and one podcast episode, and I can't really turn this stuff off in my brain, so I'm sure we'll still be <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be following along and talking about it.
0: The man is nonstop.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to be as active and involved as I can be. But um, yeah, my my oldest is five, and wow. have an almost two year old, and about to have a newborn. So it could be uh, a bit chaotic. <laughs> Bear with and, us, please. Yeah, so. I'm I'm glad that we got to do this today and uh, and record this before the baby is here and yeah I think this will be all for this week and next week we will hopefully have a bit more and if everything goes relatively well it's you Cross know pairs. relatively it's like that, um, are you are you ready for, for a newborn? It's like my answer to everyone who asks that is like we're as ready as we can be. Yes. We've we've done it twice before and we're still as ready as we can be. So yeah. we're we're excited and we'll uh we'll get all of this content back on schedule, hopefully within within two weeks. But just in case you missed it on the newsletter, stay with us and and I hope you understand and we're gonna we're gonna keep following along and and doing our best to uh to make sense of that chaotic information space for you
0: as we do thanks for listening thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the flip side thanks for listening to the did nothing wrong podcast if you want to hear more you can go to didnothingwrongpod.com you can also follow us on twitter at james the word for and the letter m all one word and Grizza BJJ, G R Z A BJJ, as well as DNW Pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.